Johnson. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Well, it's pretty easy at Oklahoma. I don't, I don't know that I, if I ever lost a game before or after OU Texas, maybe one um, in my 18 years. Because uh, the bottom line, as you know, when you're playing for us or you're coaching for OU, everybody, you know, the fans love to say, oh, just beat Texas and everything's okay. No, it isn't. You know that's not true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're, you're required to beat everybody. And the only way to beat everybody is to be ready to play every week. And that game has its place. And when it's over, it was set aside and we were on to the next game. The standards at OU are Big 8, Big 12 championships, compete for national championships. Those are, and you're not doing that by just winning beating Texas. So it, it really is, I never found it very difficult at all. And I think it's just something the media loves to talk about because they have to. There's former University of Oklahoma head football coach Bob Stoops um, talking about this team, keeping it together, marching forward. Um, season's not over after you beat Texas. All right? That's not how things are handled around here. Um, and he's right. After you beat Texas, I no one really sits. I, we're going to celebrate it and um, and spend some time celebrating it, but – it's not like a lot of programs where you beat your rival and it's uh, anything after this is just, uh, you know, icing on the cake. That's not the case. As soon as we beat Texas, then it's like, well, we're going to win the whole damn thing this year. We better, you know. So yeah. There's, a, there's a program it, about 90, 90 uh, minutes away that has that uh, mentality. But, yeah, you're right. We've True. talked about this before. The expectations at Oklahoma – are incredibly high. Now, people may lie to themselves and lie to others at the beginning of the year saying, well, you know, I'm just, after last year, I'm hoping we go 9-3. and And if we go 9-3 and and show some improvement, I'll be happy. Well, that may be fine before you play a game. But here we are, 6-0, and We've just beat Texas. Now, there's a huge percentage of the people that had that 9-3 and three expectation. I would say probably the majority of the fan base. If polled today, zero of those people would say, well, you know, if we just go 9-3 and three this year and show some improvement over yeah. last year, I'll be happy. Expectations change all the they time. They change. And they have definitely changed here. With some, not everyone picked nine and three. Some said ten and two, eleven and one. But you're yeah. right; there were a nine, there were some nine and threes there. I think which I, I hated, but that's fine. Well, I would say that probably most people would have picked nine and three. Now, our sample size on this show is not of a. a like a, a good broad representation this is of the, the unsophisticated size side of the fan base we are far <laughs> less sophisticated than uh yeah. than the majority that's the way of the i like base. it too that's the way i like that's it that's right yeah no so. okay so like the whole storyline and it'll be a thing this week i'm sure uh well did this team celebrate the texas win too much are they going to come out focus all that 
I don't really like if that's even a thing. I don't really worry about this team coming out and being prepared on on Saturday against UCF. That's not really a, a concern for me. The concern for me would be, did this team take full advantage of the bye week? Like that's was the Texas win still in their mind Wednesday, Thursday, going through practice? Like did they shore up everything that they need to shore up on special teams? The areas where they need to get better. Did they take full advantage? Of that bye week, because I think the best teams in the country do exactly that. Now, Brent shoots it pretty straight, and I guess he didn't say one way or the other, but I do feel like if they didn't have a great bye week, maybe he alludes to that a little bit. But I'd be more concerned with that than if they're going to show up and play well on Saturday. Like, I'm I'm not really worried about that all too much. Yeah. No, I I agree. Um, I I really expect – the the first half of the year i think um really overall has been really good um you know we can nitpick on on several different aspects of of the of the team but i think where we're at right now 6 and 0 at the midpoint you got to be pretty happy with what you've seen i expect the back half of the season to be the real fine tuning for this football team now this schedule to the unsophisticated eye that's us talking to us guys that's us that's our that's our time looks incredibly easy right but it is not going to be easy i'm just telling you right now at kansas is going to be a dog fight at oklahoma state is going to be a dog fight and west virginia i know they just got beat by houston but they're going to play their best at BYU. These games are – they're all games that you should win. There's no doubt, and there's no way to avoid that. But do not expect any of these teams to look like they've looked before we play them. It's yeah. just not going to happen. No, I mean, that's been the word around here for a long time, right, is uh, OU doesn't see the same team that everyone else in the in the conference sees. And when you're – Last year in the conferences this year, that's probably even more so going to be the case. Yeah. yeah and sure. Like with Oklahoma State, like nationally, I think everyone's opinion on Oklahoma State was made and settled and done whenever they saw them get beat at home by South Alabama. Okay? Everyone made up their opinion, oh, Oklahoma State's not going to be any good this year. And – they lost the next week at Iowa State, who is getting their stuff together and starting to look really good, in my opinion. Then they beat Kansas State, and then they beat Kansas. Like, legitimately, Oklahoma State is 4-2 and two right now and could be a 6-2 and two top 25 football team whenever we play them. That's what uh, I was saying yesterday while you were out, is OSU is probably the final prayer, the final hope that you'll play another ranked team throughout the course of the rest of this regular season. Because TCU ain't going to get there. I don't think West Virginia will get there. BYU's out. Kansas probably – OSU could be the last hope for another ranked team on the schedule in the regular season. Yeah. And they'd have to win, what, their next two to, uh, to get there. Um, need help from the text line on this one. ESPN has ranked the – I think this was Bill Conley as well – ranked the 11 undefeated teams in college football – at 11, they have Liberty. 
10, they've got James Madison. Air Force is at 9. North Carolina and Drake May is at number 8. You have Florida State at 7 and then OU at 6, okay? Now, okay. their midseason MVP for OU is Dylan Gabriel. I don't think everyone, anyone's going to fight that too hard, right? It's DG, it's right. Danny Stutzman, it's one of the two. So let's roll on to this, because I think here's where the interesting conversation takes place. It says, most important player for remaining unbeaten. And I feel like I could give you 5, 10, maybe even 15 guesses as to who they go with here. But for the most important player to remain unbeaten, they go with Rondell Bothroyd. And Bothroyd's hat, you know, he's got eight pressures, no sacks, but I was very surprised. And maybe they're looking for something or someone under the radar there, but uh, Rondell Bothroyd really surprised me there as a, uh, as a submission. Yeah. Um, and, and the question, the text line is, outside of the obvious players, like a Dylan Gabriel, Danny Stutzman, maybe a little bit more under the radar, who is the most important player to remain unbeaten from here on out? Bothroyd. Um, I like what he's given us 100%, but that is a, an interesting pick. I will say that we need to have the next two weeks, I mean, really the rest of the year, obviously, but the next two re- weeks specifically, our edge guys have to be really, really good with all the option stuff we're going to get from UCF and from Kansas. Kansas has maybe more variety in their run game than anyone in college football. Yeah, watched a lot. Really watched all that game last week and saw that. A lot of speed option. You'll get speed option. You'll get lead option. You'll get zone read. You'll get uh, like your traditional uh, power, counter, gap scheme stuff. You'll get outside zone. You'll get... Quarterback lead, quarterback draw, quarterback cow, uh, counter and power. Uh, they'll run the quicks. They'll hand it to guys. They All kinds of ghost motion and uh, option opportunities off of zone read. It's incredible the amount of variety they give you in the run game. I love it. I think it's great. Maybe they're not going into the radar here because for Penn State's most important player to remain unbeaten, they go with the quarterback, Drew Aller. Um, for Georgia, they go with – one of their wide receivers. For Washington, they go with an edge rusher. Huh, that's interesting. Okay. Um, But here are the submissions that we're getting. Zach Schmidt, the kicker. We're going to need that kicking game. (laughs) Josh Plaster is the key. I like Peyton, uh, his his submission. Under the radar, or underrated, Caden Green. If he steps up, it could unlock this offensive line, I think. Sarks Vodka says Andrew Rame. Here's a Peyton Bowen. Here's a Tawie Walker. Here's another Tawie Walker. Here's an Ethan Downs. Here's a kicker. Here's a Billy Bowman, a Stogner. We're all over the place, but a lot of special team submissions here for most important player moving forward. Yeah. And I think that's the, like, the most important um, like overall side of the ball here, I, I would say. Yeah. I am fascinated that, that Bothroyd is the – So I was telling you, man, I give you 15 guesses, and you, you could have given me 15 guesses. I wouldn't have said Bothroyd. Right. I. Well, that's weird. He doesn't lead in sacks. I, I was going to say, well, maybe they just looked down the roster and saw who leads in sacks. He doesn't lead in sacks. He's, I don't think he's leading for tackles for loss or anything. I mean, he's been, he's been a solid piece for us, but 
That's interesting. I don't even know. I don't know why they. they I guess they're saying like Bothroyd has eight pressures but no sacks, and if he and the Sooners front can bring the quarterback down a few more times, this defense goes to a completely different level. I think that there's a in this description about the defense. They're only 85th in sacks per drop back, and it's holding back the pass defense, which has allowed 20 completions of 20-plus yards. I, I do think that there's a lot of um, like box score watching here when, when some still evaluate the OU defense. Not that it's been perfect, but I think the pressure on the quarterback has been better than maybe what those numbers would tell people. Uh, do you know who the best pass rusher we have on the team is? Well, I mean, do you want to go, like, by snap? It's probably P.J. if you want to factor it in by how many snaps he's played. I'm just. Or maybe just be P.J. overall. Who is it? Yeah. It is P.J.? Well, no. I'm just going off of, like, not off of any numbers, not off of snaps played, not off of sacks, nothing. Just, like, who do you think, one-on-one, we've got to get a pressure on the quarterback, any player on the roster, who would you pick? I mean, right now I'd pick P.J., man. I would. Yeah. I think a lot of people would. Now, the correct answer is our Mason Thomas. Well, that, and, I, and I was factoring guy, in guys that have been healthy, but right. that dude's going to be back, and, yeah, he could change my answer rather quickly well, for sure. That's my point is that he has hardly played at all this year. And he's only been out whenever he's played. It's only been for a handful of snaps, and you can tell that he's he's really fighting it, and he can barely move. But apparently, he's really close to being back to a hundred percent. And like, if if there's a if there's something late in this year that could take our team to the next level, it would be our Mason Thomas being a hundred percent healthy and coming in. And finally, performing as he's been marketed, you know. Oh yeah. Because we've we've heard a bunch of it, but we haven't seen a whole lot of it. And that's you know, you, there's there's a bunch of reasons for that, and health is a huge one. So I'm not I'm not saying that in a negative way towards him, but you know, it's just it's just the reality that I'm, I don't think we can bank on anything from him from from this point on. So. If he shows up and he's 100% and it looks like right away, like, oh, that's what everyone's been talking about with R. Mason Thomas. Like, that does have a chance to take us to the next level. 918, the guy that wrote that story was on LSD. Um, Dixie in Tulsa says, I really like the variety of offenses we will see with UCF and Kansas. Good prep for defense to be gap sound, good communication, and not let the eyes deceive. Zane agrees with you, R. Mason Thomas. Here's a here here's a Lacey. Here is a Canick. So there's a lot of uh, Dejon Terry is on here from Ohio Sooner. Nick Anderson, Kendall Dolby. I think we've uh, I think we've named everyone on the roster so far hey, up to this point. Well, here I mean, here's something to feel really good about, and we'll see if it continues. I thought Ethan Downs played his best game of the season, maybe his best game as a Sooner. Do you I don't, agree? Well, I don't th- think that's debatable. I mean, move on. Yes, correct. I think Jacob Lacey played his best game of the year and as a Sooner. Agree? 
I agree, yes. Uh, Dejon Terry played his best game of the year and his best game as a Sooner three against for three. Texas. Three for three. So right there, those three guys, if, if what we saw against Texas is any indication of how those guys play the remaining six games of the season – our defense could turn into hell on wheels really quickly, especially if you add in our Mason Thomas. So, well, and that and, and that's and getting, getting in. healthy with Kenai Walker and Josiah Wagner and, and all of that. We try to uh, maintain expectations a little bit this off season on the defense. It felt like, all right, well, I think they're going to be better. Like top forty, maybe top thirty would be a good start. Like with what you're talking about there, that is. Vastly outseeding, exceeding expectations that we had for the defense this year. Like that's yeah. that's getting like whatever the numbers say uh, at the end of the year, that gets you into top ten defense kind of uh, territory there. Yep, I agree. All right, uh, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out at the falls at Brookhaven. Give them a call four zero five seven zero one eighty two thirty three or check them out online thefallsatbrookhaven.com. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC Truck Series, like offering the world's first available six-function multi-pro tailgate on Sierra. This tailgate takes innovation to the next level with six distinct functions that let you load, unload, and the USDA Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. There's plenty that we didn't play great, and Texas um, played well in, in many spots. But, man, we can play so much better. That's the, the, where I feel good, if you will, not satisfied, but I feel good as as the head coach is that I, as I look at our team in all the different areas of our team, and we're 6-0, and but, man, we can play so much better. We have not played our best four quarters of football together in one game yet. And uh, and we're going to. Sprint Venables last night from Rudy's. His team has not played its best four quarters of football, but the head coach is confident that they're going to, as is the ESPN college football playoff predictor. OU continues to have the uh, highest odds to make the CFP, and this week, wouldn't you know it, OU is at 69%. To make the college yeah. football playoff, the highest odds out there. Nice. Sixty-nine <laughs> percent uh, after just a six and zero start. Like if this team starts even like eight and zero, it's going to get up to close to eighty percent. Like here, right. here quickly. Yeah, I mean that's true. However, a lot of football left. Oh, a lot um, of football left. Half of a season. Um, Which the first half flew by. I don't know if it did for anyone else, but that was that was fast. Do you have you had any change of opinion as to what the most difficult game is left on the schedule? Yeah, no, I changed it yesterday. Um, I think Oklahoma State is now. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, they uh, it took okay. it, it took them four games, but at some point they said, "Well, Gordon's pretty good. Let's give him the ball." And now that they've uh, started giving Ollie Gordon the ball quite a bit, they're a whole lot better for it. Is he the best running back in the Big 12 Conference? Um, I'll give you a hint on the answer. It's yes. Well, most would say Jonathan Brooks, but I think Ollie Gordon's better than Jonathan Brooks. I think Jonathan Brooks is 
got a better situation than Ollie Gordon, but like, who would mm-hmm. I rather have as a player? No, I'm I'm with you on that. Well, and and maybe that's just some uh, recency bias built in, but his last three games, he's explosive, man, Oof. have been uh, shockingly good, and he's got he's got nice size to him. He's like when you talk about explosiveness at running back, like he is that personified, just kind of violent in the way that he goes downhill and. He's done it in both the uh, the rushing game and the receiving game. What he went for, um, he went for over a hundred receiving and rushing against Kansas. It'd be in their best interest to uh, continue to do that moving forward with him. Yeah, get him the rock as much as possible. Now, there's not That's a right. whole lot of players on their roster this year to where I say, "Oh man, that that guy that guy's a good player." But Ollie Gordon is certainly one of the few that they have where I say, "Yeah, that that kid can go. He's good." OU's at 69% to make the playoff. Ohio State's at 56%. Florida State's at 44%. Washington's at 40%. Texas down at 27. Georgia at 30. Georgia's got the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7th best percentage. And then there's Bama at 26. Realistically, which four teams have the best chance to make the playoff, given their current situation and the remaining schedule they have left? Michigan. I absolutely think Michigan's in the four. Um, Georgia. Okay. Is it Florida State? I think Florida State's third, yes, with the current landscape of the ACC. And I know people are going to scoff at this, but it's Oklahoma. Yeah, well, I – some would argue that Washington's better, but their road, like Washington, Oregon, USC, all those Pac-12 teams yep. are just a much more difficult road to it's, get there. I'm not suggesting that Oklahoma is better than Washington. I don't disagree with any of the four. Nice job. All right. Um, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that Oklahoma's better than Washington, but whenever you compare the two's schedules, it, it's just not close. I mean, Washington – has to go has at USC, uh, Utah, and then at, at Oregon State, Washington State and to end. Tough Pac-12 title game. At Oregon State, I don't know if anyone's noticed this or not. Oregon State is incredibly good. They are number twelve in the country right now. Uh, six and one football team. Uh, their only loss is a good one. Uh, to Washington State, who's who's pretty good themselves. Um, th- that is a really, really tough schedule down the stretch. They were – I'm going to look up their record from 2019, but they are not that far off from feeling like one of the worst teams in, in college football. Um, 2019, they were 5-7. and seven. Yeah, let me see what they were in 2020. 2020, they were 2-5. and five. And Jonathan Smith's got that program where it's at right now. Dang. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, that is – and I don't sense a meltdown coming from them. I mean, the schedule's really tough, but I don't think what we've seen up to this point is is like fake. You know what I'm saying? I no. think it's I think it's. Well, legit. they beat UCLA last week by double digits at home. They're they're a good football team, man. I think they beat Oregon last year, which Oregon had a really good team. Wait, who are you talking about? Did Oregon State beat UCLA last week? Yes. Yeah. 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 I I, yeah. I I wasn't sure if you're talking about Washington or. 
Yeah. Uh, well, I know yeah, Washington Oregon beat Oregon. Legit. I know Washington beat Oregon because ESPN came out yesterday and said, now that has been the greatest college football game of the year thus far. And here's like five other Colorado games in the top ten. Oh, we'll put OU Texas at number two. Which, yeah. no, OU Texas is the best college football game of the year. So. Hey, Oregon State has beat, uh, what, three top 25 teams. They beat number 10 Utah. They beat number 18 UCLA, and UCLA is really good. Um, and they are going to absolutely pound Arizona and Colorado and Stanford the next three games that they have. Um, but they end with Washington at home at Oregon, and they are capable of winning both of those games. I'm not saying they will. I think they'll probably win one of them. Text line, Softball Steve says, Horns at Houston. Will Horns go down, lose by three to Cougs in the bottom of the fourth? I can't get – Softball Steve, I'd love to see it. I just – I can't can't get on board with Texas losing at Houston on Saturday. I actually think they're going to win that one rather convincingly. That reminds me of something. Um, I saw a a post on Twitter from Storaco. Yes, yes, I know where you're going. Suggesting a meet in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl for OU and Texas softball. Now, I don't think it can happen at the Cotton Bowl, but that's kind of a great idea, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's um, it's and you know why she's bringing that up again because Iowa women's basketball had a yeah. scrimmage. I think on Sunday with Caitlin Clark there at Kinnick Stadium. So mm-hmm. everyone's talking about that again. Um, I think OU fans, I know OU fans would travel to Dallas for a softball game, especially if it's against Texas. They would. I don't. I don't think they bring in forty five thousand on their side of the Cotton say. Bowl, but it'd still be a good turnout. I think at the right venue, that could be a really good idea, but not at a venue that holds ninety some thousand, because. Uh, you're you're going to be hard pressed in in March or whenever they usually play them March or April to get ninety thousand yeah. people. Show well, they up. got what nine uh, over nine thousand um, at Hall of Fame Stadium for the OU Texas game last year, which broke the record. So you you can get at least nine thousand in somewhere. Now I think that if you made it a big deal and if you played at a you know, neutral site, like you're trying to break this record, a showcase for mm-hmm. OU softball. You get people to come out for OU softball, but you get people to come out for the novelty as well. I mean, what, yeah. what, what's, a, what's a good number? Like 25,000, do we think? Like a 25, 30,000 um, attendance? I'm just trying to feel like what, what the right number would be. I Here's what I think. I think you would have to – something would have to be tied in with it as well. You know, you it's it's one thing to ask a, a huge amount of people to show up for a softball game that's in your backyard. It's another thing to ask them to to drive down to Dallas for it. Yeah. You know, because that's there's way more money involved with staying, and you know, I I think if you if you played a I don't know, like a Friday night game and then a doubleheader on Saturday fairly early, you'd probably get a ton of people show up for it. But I think you'd have to have something else 
event-wise connected to it, if that makes sense. Uh, I just found my new best friend on the text line, someone uh, with a 405 number. I drive to Dallas just to boo that DA, Mike White. And you know what? (laughs) Me too. Oh, that's great. Looks like we're driving down together is what it looks like to me. 972, you would get 50,000 easy at the Cotton Bowl. You think so? I could be wrong. Well, here, here's what I'm confident of. Like, I, I do think, and I think you're right, you have to have something else tied in around it as well. I think the OU representation would be there. I don't know if the Texas side. Like, they would bring fans, but not as much as the OU side. It'd be a much bigger deal for the OU fan base than it would be for the Texas fan base. That's true. That's how I feel about it. All right, I don't know what that – but I don't know what other program recently. I don't know what other good. program regionally could match. You know how many fans though you would bring out? There's. I don't think there is one. Right. No, there's not. I don't think there is regionally or nationally. Um, yeah, I don't know how much the Texas fans are signing up because. When's the last time Texas beat OU? Um. Boy, they got swept in the championship series two years ago. Did they beat them in the regular season two years ago? OSU beat them in the Big 12 championship uh, like tournament game. Yeah. It may be three, four years since Texas has beat OU. It, it feels like it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I'm saying, like, it's in football, they can at least, even though it's not true recently, they can at least uh, point to the series record and say that it's, you know, they have the advantage, and they, they're going to show up for that no matter what. But I, mean, I, I could understand the feeling of I'm not driving to Dallas to watch uh, our team get whipped. Yeah, for a three inning, I'm going to drive to Dallas for a three inning run rule. I know that they can't <laughs> run rule in three. You know, but someone was texting that and it made me laugh. Like that is funny. Short run rule. Well, that's why I was saying like you. Better... Oh, they beat OU in Austin in 2021. They ended the win streak. Duh. Yes, they did yeah. on that game three, and they celebrated like they won the national championship. Which I guess I can't fault them too much because very right. rarely does OU softball Kinda lose. Did. But that was it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, it was it was a cool idea that at least got me thinking about it. Nick says OU would represent for sure for OU softball, but Texas, please. Laughing face emoji. I agree. Yeah. I mean, they, they would bring some fans, but OU would far outnumber the Texas fans. Much bigger I know deal. we've I know we've talked about this, but I the move to the SEC is going to be awesome for softball as well. Well, which sport is it not going to be, be awesome for? No, it's going to be fantastic, literally for every single sport. Um, I think it's going to help basketball a ton. I think it's going to help baseball a ton. Uh, we are massively improving over the last couple of years in, in track. That's going to be like maybe the single largest thing that could ever help us in track and field is going to the SEC. Um, yeah, everything. <laughs> um, here, here's your draw from the text line. Something around the softball game to get more people. This text from the 918. I got it. Have mule shoe in a water dunk tank. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're right about the, the whole the SEC is going to be awesome. And isn't it crazy, man, just how playing different teams every year can change, like, the entire outlook of how a town needs to kind of operate on game days? Like, it, it, and I feel bad for some of these people because they're getting 
you know, you know, put in different areas of the stadium after having season tickets for 30 or 40 years. But, Teddy, we have to reconfigure like 20% of the stadium because new teams and you're in a new conference. New teams are going to be coming to town. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a difference. It's a major difference just like in, in every single – Every single thing you think of with all the sports tickets, like fans coming in, the way that your town needs to to just like everything, it's 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 awesome. It's it's great. I can't wait. Yep, I agree. You're gonna have to wait though. We're not there yet, Tyler. Not there yet. Mm. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Couple of segments left to get your text messages in six five one three four three nine Knippelmeyer text line. We'll be back. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. The Ref Radio Sports Network has the Sooner State covered. Yo, that's crazy. From Norman to Lawton, Clinton, Oklahoma. It is the rush on the Ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, Knippelmeyer, Chevrolet text line 405-651-3439. The internet remains undefeated, as does the text line, because uh, when something pops up on the internet... Well, the text line lets us know about it immediately, and they let us know that the fan that went viral last night at the Chargers-Cowboys game, she made an appearance on Pat McAfee today. Yeah, someone found a photo of her online uh, decked out in Minnesota Vikings gear. So it looks like she's been exposed uh, here. Yeah, she, she she's, is an actress. Going to all of the games and um, trying to get on television, huh? Interesting. She was a plant. We knew it. Conspiracy theorist win once again. Four either, o- a, either a plant or a degenerate gambler. Well, <laughs> maybe the latter. Uh, 405, does Teddy ever feel guilty for cashing his Rudy Show paycheck? He can ask one question, then sit back and enjoy a Dr. Pepper while BV answers. Yeah, do you like that nine and a half minute answer he gave you guys after the first question? It was great. Answer. It wasn't even a. It, it wasn't an answer to a question. Toby just said, "Welcome in, Coach," yeah. and off he went. <laughs> That's like nine and a half, ten minutes of yeah. how things have been going, and it really kind of everything else. You got to love yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah, it is. It is good. Um, it's weird though because you've got all these things planned out that you want to ask, and in nine minutes, he kind of hits all of them so any time like any question you ask from that point forward it's rehashing something that he's it already starts said. with well like i said earlier yes. like i said yeah yeah so um it's not always the easiest thing but you know i'd i'd much rather that than have to write down 200 questions that i've got to fire nonstop and get you know Whenever you're not but getting back much to the back. original question, does Teddy ever feel guilty for cashing his Rudy Show paycheck? Uh, I'll answer that for him. No, he does not feel guilty about cashing any paycheck. Cashing mm-hmm. it. Let me tell you something. I, I could very well not be paid for doing that or for doing this show or for anything that I do. I haven't seen a paycheck in years. My wife handles all of that. I have no clue if they're even paying me. Teddy, what do you make a year? I have no idea. No, <laughs> no clue. clue. Ask my wife, Ask how, my much, wife. how much I make. <laughs> no clue. She needs to handle your next contract negotiation here at the station Which, is what it sounds like. That's how you know I trust my wife more than anyone ever is because 
I don't know when payday is. I don't know when I'm supposed to get paid. I don't know if I've been paid. No clue. I'm in a very uh, – I, I don't know if I'm in the exact situation. I mean, I at least know how much I make, uh, so it's not as extreme as you, but you know, somewhat similar. I don't, I don't hate it. I don't have to worry about it. It's nice. It's why we – it's one of the many reasons why we are an excellent match because her, um, her fiscal responsibility is not a quality that I have. I'm like, I'll spend every dime of it right now if you give it to me. On if it's there guns. and available. Have you heard the stories, the, the gun sale that they have? There'd be guns lying everywhere. It Probably could be guns. Are. It could be whatever my flavor of the week happens to be. You know, I'm, I'm all over the place. Good point, text line. Two grand on fireworks. He is fiscally unresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> Two grand? I wish. Yeah, but that is a great point. That's exactly un, why un, she is unsophisticated. Money. That's what he is. Over two grand on fireworks. Unsophisticated. Uh, Drew from Flower Mound says, uh, "I was bitch, uh, busy watching the other game, so I didn't get to watch it. But what was the fuss with South Carolina fans getting mad at Twitter? Getting mad on Twitter with Beamer? Did I miss something? The only thing I, I know, know, Drew, is that he kicked something out to the game and broke his foot. Yeah." I don't, I don't know if they're mad about it. Now, I, now I did comment on one thing, and I don't know why this even showed up in my timeline, but it was a quick clip of Beamer from his press conference after the game asking him, like, what were some of the major issues defensively, and he goes through, like, a, a list of them. And, but the person who, like, posted the clip is said, here's Shane Beamer, uh, like, with – doing what he does best, blaming everyone else but himself. Um, I thought just thought he was being honest that they didn't execute well, th- down the stretch. Is what I, yeah, how I what that. type of idiot, what type of unsophisticated fan base needs the coach to give the canned, I got to coach better, I got to be better after every single answer? I hate when coaches say that. Well, I don't hate it, but I know that they're all going to say that. They're they, – they all want to walk out there and take all of the blame on themselves, but that doesn't mean that the rest of uh, the team, the staff, aren't in some way, shape, or form, uh, you know, part of the blame as well. If someone asks, like, what happened on that interception in the third quarter, do you want Shane Beamer to say, well, I just got to coach better? No. You want to know what happened on the interception in the third quarter. It's unsophisticated uh, people with responses like Beamer not taking any of the responsibility that, that upset me. The, uh, the, the state of South Carolina probably has the two best coaches when it comes to press conference. I mean, of course, we've got Shane Beamer, like you said. Since any give up in the locker room? Hell no. What kind of questions that, Phil? A classic there. And then I guess mm-hmm. Dabo yesterday was asked about Clemson's fans' unrealistic expectations. He said, quote, we're at a point where if you don't go undefeated, you are losers. You're terrible. And that is just such a terrible mindset. Honestly, maybe we need to lose a few games and lighten up the bandwagon. Sometimes the bandwagon can get a little too full. Ooh, <laughs> man. <laughs> maybe Dang. we need to lose a few games. Well, you're, you're getting close there, Dabo. Already got two this year. Dang, that <laughs> is interesting. Um, and I, I understand the frustration where there, there's no room to have a rebuilding year. There's no room um, to have any mistakes. But 
that right there is officially a lifetime ban from the Blue Blood group, isn't it? Yeah, I know he built the monster out there, but you got to know what uh, that what, what comes with the territory. That's mm. that's it. That's that's the territory you're in, man. If you're going to be a blue blood, that's the expectation. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final segment is next. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Win the most three times a week during Apache Casino Hotel slot tournament days. 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Rewards members receive one free session in our slot tournament. Want another round in the tournament? Earn 200 slot points daily each tournament day to play an extra tournament session. Apache Casino Hotel, where you win the most. It's time. All we want to think about is football and basketball season, but it's also insurance season. November 1st to December 15th is open enrollment for your individual medical coverage. It's the time you need to pick a new plan or update your income to avoid tax penalties. If you're uninsured, it's the only time to buy individual medical plans for 2024 without a qualifying event. Call Allison Insurance at 405-745-2968 or 800-580-5587. It won't cost anything and could save you a lot. Jeff Lister here with Knippelmeyer Chevrolet. Have you been looking for a new or pre-owned vehicle? We are constantly receiving new inventory and have a wide selection of Silverados and SUVs. At Knippelmeyer, we still do business the same way we have for 63 years. So, if we don't have the exact model you're looking for, we'll order it for you, and when it gets here, that's the price you pay. Come see us in Blanchard. Give us a call at 405-485-3333 or check us out on the web at knippelmeyer.com. Chevrolet, find new roads. is full of anchors meant to keep you in place but the good news is that it's also full of things that remind you not to let them so every time you raise a pacifico let it be a reminder to live life anchors up Mike Steely here for Lasher Home Comfort Systems, your trusted home comfort experts in the Oklahoma City metro area. Tim Lasher and his team have more than 130 years of combined experience. They recognize a significant number of homeowners live with inadequate home comfort systems. They specialize in diagnosing your home system issues while providing more efficiency and reducing your utility costs. As an authorized dealer of American Standard, Tim can service your residence or business. Call Tim and his team at 405-579-3113. Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Hi, I'm Trevor Turner with RK Black. RK Black is the leading provider of information technology solutions in small and medium-sized organizations. Is your business looking to get more from technology? If so, let RK Black help design a technology platform or cloud solution that propels your business forward. RK Black has helped numerous organizations have better mobility and more efficiencies through technology. Visit us online at rkblack.com or call 943-9800. Hi, this is Martina McBride. With online news, social media, and texting available 24-7, the world seems to be spinning faster and faster every day. And it can be overwhelming. Sometimes we just need to unplug and take a break from our electronic devices. It can help reduce stress and allow us to reflect on the things that are really important in our lives. This message brought to you courtesy of the United States Air Force. 
What do you do when the unexpected happens? Who do you turn to? Primrose Funeral Service in Norman will be by your side to help manage the many details surrounding your loved one's final arrangement. A funeral represents an opportunity for family and friends to reflect on the life of their loved one and to honor the memory of their life. Our compassionate staff has been providing the highest quality care for over 80 years. Please contact Primrose Funeral Service at 405-321-6000 or visit us online at primrosefuneralservice.com. My daughter was diagnosed with a rare malignant rhabdoid tumor on the spine. They sent us straight to St. Jude. My hope was gone. But when you get there, everyone's like, hey, we're not going to give up. And when you see other people not giving up on your child, that makes all the difference in the world. When I found out I didn't have to pay, I was just grateful. They saved my baby's life. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. When the game is on the line, you need a team that you can count on. When injuries occur, you can count on the one team that knows sports medicine. Norman Regional's Ortho Central is your premier team of orthopedic specialists. With five highly trained orthopedic surgeons, three fellowship trained sports medicine physicians, and locations in Norman, Newcastle, and Midwest City, we'll work hard to get you back in the game. Ortho Central, number one in sports medicine and orthopedic care. Call 405-360-6764 and schedule an appointment today. Final segment of the day, wrapping it up on this Tuesday. The Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you the final hour of the rush. We've had several texts on this today. I think it's amazing. Apparently, after the whole uh, Matt Leinart situation, calling OU fans salty yesterday, uh, all that, um, someone changed his Wikipedia page to where his dad is uh, OU Twitter. I don't know who did that, but his Wikipedia page says his mother is Linda Leinart, and his father is OU Twitter. Oh, my gosh. That's well funny. done, guys. Well done. That's funny. Well, um, we, you know, I obviously saw the, the game on Saturday night, kind of saw Oklahoma Twitter's reaction to it and kind of heard some of the, the chat around here. But what's been the fallout in L.A.? They've already, you know, he already had some, I guess, enemies in the media there. Uh, have you seen anything come out yeah, about? So, so my favorite um, Sunday tradition this year has been to wake up Sunday morning, go to the L.A. Times and go to their sports page to see which catchy headline they have. Uh-huh. Um, like after the first game, it was um, USC needs to give a damn about fixing its damn defense or something like yeah. that. I was like, right. oh, oh, boy, yeah, here we go. So the, the guy that came to Norman a couple of years ago and wrote the big piece on how we all feel about the move, mm-hmm. he basically said that, yeah, USC fans, it's been tough over the past eight years, but you really need to buckle in for a long-term build to this program because it's not going to be quick. This is going to take a while, and he kind of question as to if Lincoln Riley was capable of a long-term build. So mm. not, it's not, not great, not great to answer your question. Yeah. Well, Bill Plaschke is normally the guy that gets after him, but I think they all are now. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, and, and uh, it is going to take a while. The problem is I think he's set himself back by the option he chose early on by it feels like selling out for the transfer portal and not as much in recruiting. 
and maybe he was hoping to get a big boost early and then build recruiting afterwards, but hadn't happened. Uh, hadn't happened, and you're going to be you're kind of married to that path forward. We'll see what happens with it. I don't know. All right, that's it for us. Thanks to the Falls for having us out. And you guys killed it on the text line. As always, you drive the show. We're just along for the ride. Time for an ice-cold Pacifico.